Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and today I am joined on the skype a phone by Mark Saltvite, one of the premier palindromists in the world. Thanks for having me on. And Vince Clemente, a documentarian trying to kickstart a film about him. Hey there, everyone. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, this is very exciting. Mark, let, let's start with you here, I think. Sure. What qualifies you? What makes you one of the premier palindromists in the world? What, what's your What are your credentials? Well, there's been basically there's been one competition that Will Shorts, the New York Times crossword puzzle, set up where we just actually had a face off, and I won. So that's the the, the short story. It <laughs> now, was uh, you know the TV show Iron Comet or Iron uh, Chef. Sure, sure. There's Last Comic Standing yeah. too. And then there was a TV show called or a live competition called Iron Comet based on that where comedians would show up and they were just handed subjects and you had 15 minutes to come up with a comedy set uh, while somebody else performs and you come out and do your show and the audience votes on the winner. So Will Short set up a palindrome competition based on that same idea. He would give us prompts, which we did not know in advance, and we had 75 minutes to write three palindromes and the audience voted for their favorite. Now... How long does it take? Is I've never I, I've been alive thirty three years so far. I've written zero palindromes. How long does it take really? you to write a palindrome? That's so weird. <laughs> you have like some kind of brain damage or something. Or? I you know I, I, I'm just trying to make a really good one. That's all. You know I don't want to just drop <laughs> drop it. So yeah, I mean, you want a strong start. Yeah, I get it. I just I'm unfamiliar. I'm completely unfamiliar and fascinated with this concept of competitive palindroming. Like I thought. I didn't know this was something you could do competitively. Was it done competitively at all before this competition? This was the first live event. There were many uh, newspaper or magazine competitions. The oldest one I found, and I've done a lot of research on the subject, the oldest one I found was in 1929, and the winner was Pay on Time, Emit No Yap. I guess it's a bill collector's palindrome. Now, let's go back for a sec, because maybe, maybe people are very lost and don't even know what a palindrome is. What is a palindrome? A palindrome is a word or sentence that reads the same backwards and forwards, letter for letter, like poop, or one uh, uh, I wrote was an igloo, cool, Gina. An igloo, cool, Gina. Now, let me, yeah. I'm, 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 like, I'm crunching that for a sec. An igloo, Write cool, Gina... Okay, so that works the same way. So you wrote that? Like, why did you? Yeah. How did that happen? Uh, well, I mean, how did I come up with it, or why would I even think that's a smart way to spend my time? <laughs> I, I think let's do the that <laughs> second question first, and then we'll get back to the, this, the first question second. I, I ran across palindromes uh, like a lot of people when I was in grade school, and teachers often use it to get you interested in playing with language. And uh, we used to do long, boring camping trips. My brothers and I had gotten fascinated by palindromes. We started writing our own. Uh, we weren't that successful with it. But uh, it's a great challenge. It's like the hardest crossword puzzle you've ever done. And then when you're done, you've created a work of art. So that's kind of how I got hooked on it. And Vince, how did you get pulled into this mess? Do you do this too? Um, you know, I, I've never really tried to write a palindrome. I don't want to embarrass myself, you know, in front of uh, these these masters. Uh, I was randomly in Portland at one point, and behind me, Mark was having a conversation, and I heard uh, uh, a woman say, he's the guy, he's the one. And then Mark was like, yep, I'm the world palindrome champion. And then I immediately was like, I have to wait. And then 
once the woman left, I turned around and I was like, I need to, I need to know more about this. <laughs> what did you do? What were your next steps there? Well, I, I turned around to Mark and I was like, hi, Mark. I'm, I, I want to, I want to know what's going on. What's this world palindrome championship? I, uh, or champion. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> Well, and he mentioned he had just finished a film on the World Tetris Champion. Yes. So he's obviously uh, fascinated with bizarre champions. Now, what did you do on that movie? Because Adam Cornelius, who directed that movie, was mm -hmm. on, I think, like episode 37 or something of this podcast. It was a while ago now. Um, but that movie was Ecstasy of Order about the Tetris competition. It's a great movie. I loved it. What did you do for that movie? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I was one of the producers on that film, and I actually was the uh, director of the first uh, World Tetris Championship. Oh, so like I put, the actual event. So I put together the event, and I still put together that event. So this year will be the sixth annual Tetris World Championship. So there's a whole <laughs> other Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show about that. Today we got to focus on Palindrome. <laughs> we got I mean, I'm having trouble, like, trying to figure out how you even, um, once it, it comes time to sit down and write a palindrome, like, where do you even start? What is just the basic, just the most basic strategy for doing this? Sure, good question. So basically, you're going to find a word where you can see kind of some words forming in it backwards. So like the one I mentioned, uh, igloo was the start of it. If you look at it from a, uh, a palindromic point of view, you look at the word igloo, and you see ool. There. And so then naturally you're thinking pool, cool, school, uh, and then you've got two letters left over, G-I, and then you start thinking of words that start with G-I, and the shortest one was Gina. It actually turned out after I wrote that, uh, my friend and competitor John Agee, who took third place at the World Palindrome Champion, had actually published a palindrome which was an igloo pool. Gina. So he, he tightened it a little. Is that better or worse? Is it, well, I, I, I prefer mine because it's kind of a joke because an igloo's made of ice so that it would be cool. And what in the world is an igloo pool anyway? Uh, but he's a cartoonist, so he fixes his weird palindromes by drawing wacky cartoons, which right. is what he did in that case. Can you appreciate a good palindrome when you hear it out loud? Because I'm going to be honest with you. Right now, I am scrambling to write these down and, like, double-check you that they work, they work the same way forward and backwards. Oh, yeah. You develop the knack of reading the letters backwards pretty quickly. And, in fact, I've heard that lawyers can read not only backwards but upside down because they're used to pushing a contract at a client and they want to be able to read along as the, the client is reading it without making them spin it around all the time. So, so it's just something you can train your mind to do. Right, right. Uh, have you, speaking of training your mind to do this, Vince, ha have you picked it up at all? You know, I'm, I'm hesitant to try. I kind of, you know, I'm on the mission to learn all about it. Um, but I, I don't want to embarrass myself, like I said. So I, I'm leaving it to the experts. So you had 75 minutes to construct three palindromes, and were they... That's right. And were they, there was a... A seed word that you had to include or something? What were the uh, yeah, parameters? Yeah, so, there, so the, there were three prompts. And one of the prompts uh, was just about anybody famous in the news. I imagine he's not going to do that next time because people would just come in with prepared ones. But right. we didn't know. So uh, so for that one, I wrote one about our president. Would you like to hear it? I would love – I mean, you never have to okay. ask if I want to hear a palindrome for the next hour. <laughs> okay. Just keep them coming. So I actually think this was the best of my three – uh, 
but it was cleaner, so the audience didn't like it. But it was, I can, I mole. In a way, Obama, I am a boy, a Juan Illuminati. Whoa, that is long. Can you say that again, and can you just really sure. enunciate and get it slow? I want to make sure I got sure. it. Sure. Well, and I like about it because it's smooth. It, you can almost hear it and not know it's a palindrome. So, um, I can, I mole. In a way, Obama, I am a boy, a Wan Illuminati. It's so, what is it, a Wan Illuminati? What's the word before Illuminati? Yeah, Wan, W-A-N, means kind of pale or sickly looking. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it. I'm going to yeah. allow it. So, <laughs> yeah. That's a really long palindrome. You came up with that and two others in that's 75. That's a pretty long one, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the one that won was shorter, but it was uh, more offensive, so the audience went for it. And that was uh, Devil K Fixes Trapeze Part, Sex If Yak Lived. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. I like that. <laughs> I'm like yeah. the audience. I'm like, yeah, you said sex. Is that how the uh, is that how the quality of a palindrome is judged by audience response? At that competition, yes. Uh, th- there were about 600 people in the audience, and they all had signs that said "Wow" on one side if they liked it, and "Huh" if they didn't. And they flipped around the sign, and then uh, Will Shorts counted all the different signs. Is sex a tricky word to work into a palindrome? I feel like that X, that's got to be tough to get around. Well, yeah, the prompt was, for the the winning one, the prompt was um, a palindrome with an X and a Z in it. Oh, wow. So can you explain, (laughs) what is this relationship between crossword puzzles and palindrome? Because I never would have really associated them. But here you have uh, Will, Will Schwartz, is that his name, right? Yeah, the uh, the crossword well, puzzle what, editor for the New yeah. York Times, literally it, the only crossword puzzle editor likely you can name, and uh, yeah. he's running the event. And you already compare them to like the ultimate form of crossword puzzle. So what what is that connection? Yeah, well, uh, you have to uh, play with words and guess things that fit a certain uh, spacing. Uh, you know, it, it's constrained writing, certainly, and uh, you have to come up with with a word that ends in a letter or starts with a letter. So that part of it is very similar. Um, the uh, Part of the thing for Will Short, he just likes competitions. He's also, and I don't think this is widely known, uh, a very competitive table tennis player. I think it's considered offensive to call it ping pong, but, uh, you know, whatever you call that sport. <laughs> he actually owns a, a, a table tennis parlor in Connecticut near where he lives. Uh, I've never even considered asking to play him, he'd wipe me off the table. But, How is he as a palindromist? Uh, I don't know if he has written many palindromes himself. He does all sorts of wordplay, and he created his own major in enigmatology, which is the study of puzzles. In college, that's what he, stu- he, he did? Enigmatology, yeah. Was it University of Iowa, I think? What is your background? And, you know, it's a make-your-own-major. Um, my background, I took a general social science major. It was called social studies. Not English, though. No. no. Do you have any uh, history or background in writing or just the written word or yeah, anything? Yeah, I'm actually a football author. Uh, I'm, I'm finishing up my second book on uh, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Chip Kelly. Uh, and I also write on subjects from, you know, palindromes, obviously, to health and science, Taoism, to... Philosophy. Wait, this is your second book about Jim Kelly, or it's your second book and this yeah. one's about Jim Kelly? Yeah. 
Well, this one is called Control Chaos, Chip Kelly's Football Revolution, and it's the story of the Eagles' 2014 season where his innovative, some might say crazy ideas, kind of ran into reality in Philadelphia and how that all worked out. I mean, look, this is more of a palindrome podcast than a football podcast, so I don't want to get too lost here. But uh, what is it about Chip Kelly that made him worth writing two books? I've never heard the name before. What is it about him that made him worth writing two books about? Well, I was just totally fascinated. Let me put it this way. There's a guy in Atlanta who is now like a world-famous pizza chef, and he just decided to reinvent the whole thing. Uh, and in order to get an oven to work hard enough, he took his home oven and cut the lock off the self-cleaning mode uh, and so that he could get to these incredibly hot temperatures uh, that he wanted for his pizza, and he melted down a couple ovens, but he, he developed really great pizza. And Chip Kelly's doing the same thing with football. Interesting. So football and palindromes, that's kind of an interesting mix. I'm a man of obsession. Uh, you know, I was—I live in Oregon. Uh, Chip Kelly came in as the coach here, uh, and he just—the team was just unbelievable and incredibly fun to watch. And I started watching them, and they're, they're super fast. You know, they're no huddle, uh, lightning speed, uh, a lot of read option plays. Uh, quarterback has you know three or four what they call package plays, three or four options on every play, and they just go bam, 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 and it's. Uh, and then it turns out there's a whole deeper philosophy behind it, which is what I wrote my book, The Dow with Chip Kelly, about. Vince, what has surprised you about the palindrome scene now that you, you've explored it a little bit? I mean, everyone that does palindromes or, you know, is kind of obsessed like Mark is or is really passionate about it, you know, each person is just, you know, such a unique person, person and then they just kind of attack life, you know, they're they're... They love what they're doing, and it's just it's, it's what they love. And this is not a documentary yet, right? We're, we're trying to kickstart this? Right. No, I'm, I met Mark, and then I was like, I have to come up and film you. So I filmed Mark over the course of one weekend and made a short film. And now the short film, it got so much attention. Like, I, I played it at the Crossword Puzzle Championship uh, on March 28th in front of 600 people, and they loved it. And then uh, so it was like we got a launch of, of – Kickstarter to make a feature film here. There's more to learn about palindromes, and there's you know more to uncover. The history's ridiculous. You know everything is just you know insane about it. So it's you know definitely a story that I want to tell and I want to learn about. So I want to share that with every everyone. You know. So you are are you envisioning this film? And I have to assume with documentaries that you're yeah. sort of figuring it out as you go along to a degree. But are you envisioning this as a film about not just this palindrome competition, but about the history of palindromes? Right. Um, I would, you know, if if I was to write the film, it would be, you know, we'd follow the top palindromists leading up to this championship. And, you know, you kind of like would pick your horse, you know, your favorite and root for them in the movie, kind of like a sport. That would be me. Yeah, yeah, that would be Mark. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, and while we're doing that, while we're learning about all these people, we're also learning about the history of palindromes, uh, which isn't isn't really recorded. Uh, Mark's done a great job of recording it so far, so it's just you know telling it to the yeah, world. Yeah, I've been researching. So mm-hmm. I, did, I haven't mentioned, but I, I have a magazine called The Palindromist, which is the world's best palindrome magazine, and I've been doing that for about 15 <laughs> years. So I've got tons of research. 
the history of palindromes is really interesting. It goes back to 300 BC in the Hellenistic era, where uh, a character named Socrates the Obscene invented them in the shadow of the great uh, library of Alexandria, which was the first major library in the history of the world. What kind of content is in the palindromist? I'm, I, I was saying palindromist. I'm so glad I'm now saying palindromist. What kind yeah. of uh, what kind of content is in the palindromist? Besides, you know, obviously palindromes. I'm sure there's palindromes. Right. But are there like tips? Are there is there news? Well, yeah, it's a place where people spend in the best new palindromes. But I've got a lot of history of the palindromes, a lot of uh, crazy characters, and it, it's been involved in witchcraft and religious, uh, you know, rituals uh, for you know millennia, uh, as well as. There's stuff like I found a palindrome board game from the 1950s, which is pretty weird. So we did an article on that. That was kind of goofy. Uh, we did puzzlers. We do uh, stuff like, uh, you know, calculator words where you turn a calculator upside down and the letters, uh, it, it turns into letters and they mm -hmm. spell words, you know, oobless or whatever. Right. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> How... So a lot of related kind of things like that. How big is the palindrome scene? You mentioned that the uh, video we Millions. Well, you mentioned the video was shown in front of 600 people at the crossword puzzle uh, at the at the uh, crossword puzzle competition, which seems like a lot. That's maybe more people than I would have anticipated are at the uh, crossword puzzle competition. So I'm trying to get a sense yeah. of how. I mean, so what's the palindrome competition like? What is that room like? Well, uh, I mean, the palindrome competition was at the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament. So those, gotcha, you know, okay. The 800 people were there. We were piggybacking onto that event. Gotcha. So they're, they're really is a, they're, they're pretty connected communities then. What else? Were there other things yeah. at the Crossword Puzzle event that were, uh, like, Crossword Puzzle adjacent? Maybe jump, word jumbles, word searches? Yeah, I, you know, uh, uh Pants can probably speak to it more than me because he went this year. I only went that one time, and I was laser focused on the competition. Vince, what, what was what was there? What was the crossword puzzle scene like outside of crossword puzzles, outside of palindromes? Were there other kind of sideshows? Um, they have a talent show on on Sunday, so it's kind of like I could think this year was the 39th annual um, tournament for that for the whole thing, um, and it's just kind of like this weird community. That you know, everyone comes every hey. year. Like, not weird, not weird. Where's the wrong word? <laughs> but just imagine something like you go to every year for 39 years, and you make friends there, yeah. um, and then you yeah. keep going, and that's the one thing you do. You're looking forward to that every year, and it just was amazing to see that the you know the people there like love each other, and you know they're they become best friends out of this competition. So yeah, I did stand-up comedy at the talent mm -hmm. competition the year mm -hmm. we competed. Did you do stand-up comedy about crossword puzzles, about palindromes? I, I have one bit about palindromes, uh, which is actually there's a little excerpt of it in the in the short film, and you can find the whole thing on YouTube. I mean, even as we speak, I'm driving to a comedy gig in the Tri-Cities area of Washington State. So you also do, in addition to palindromes, stand-up comedy? Yeah, and football writing. And football writing, right. Uh, yeah. Are and they, skimboarding. What and is skimboarding? skimboarding. And I do and, a uh, thing on political scandals, too. And Taoism, the Chinese club. <laughs> so, you know. Do, are these things connected in any way? Do you see a through line through all those? Uh, vaguely. You know, like, uh, I mean, Taoism is all about method. 
and process. So, you know, you always see these books like the Dow of whatever, the Dow of the Dow Jones or something, the Dow of football. Or, right, sure. Uh, and, and the Dow in that sense just means a way or like a method of, of, of doing things. And so definitely I think my, my interest in Taoism got me interested in how would you do palindromes and what is the method for it and what's the kind of the artful, graceful way to do it. Uh, and certainly with football, I mean, my book was The Tao of Chip Kelly, and the inspiration for it was watching him. Now, I'm pretty sure he's never heard of Taoism in his life, or, you know, maybe he, people get a Tao to Jing in college, but I don't think it's a thing of his. But I wrote that his football program was a near-perfect implementation of Taoist principle, in the same way that a lot of martial arts are based on Taoism. Do you train at all for the palindromes? Is it is it is there a practice? Oh there, yeah. How do you practice? Oh yeah, absolutely. How so do you I stay sharp? Can we go into this in the movie a bit? Uh, I do like trial runs. Uh, you know, like uh, my wife will throw out a topic and just time me, and I'll see what I can you know uh, kind of produce in a short amount of time. It's actually an art event in Portland. It's really cool called Share, uh, which was not inspired by the palindrome thing. But it's kind of similar. People get together, and uh, they have, like, an hour, and everyone is an artist in a different venue. I mean, they might be a painter or a musician or whatever, and they have that hour, and they're given a prompt, and they produce something on it. Uh, but I also do a physical workout. Uh, I have a physical trainer who has actually devised a workout to kind of increase blood flow and just get me in, in top shape. and It's like a progressive workout. How does the physical fitness relate to the palindroming? Well, I think it's just to get your body in top shape. You know, you want to be, you want to be sharp. You want to be rested and fit. And uh, honestly, I think it kind of freaked out the other palindromists because, you know, they're kind of bookish. They're, some of them are a little doughy, you know, and, uh, and just see me come in and I was like ripped and, and like wired and like totally into it. Uh, it's like an intimidation. Like, and I told them about the workout. They're like, what? Was there I, was there a prize beyond the glory and an oh, appearance yeah. on the Jeff Jeff on the Jeff Rubin Jeff Rubin show? Was there a prize? Oh yeah, cash money. Cash money. Five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. Cash on the barrelhead, and then uh, some dictionaries and, and some other cool stuff like that. Then of course the groupies and the, <laughs> the international thing. You mentioned before you called palindromes like artistic. Like, yeah. what? What is? What about a palindrome makes it art? Well, I mean, some are and some aren't. I mean, the word "poop" is a palindrome. Uh, you know, you could write a palindrome that said "poop, sir, is poop, sir, is poop," and it could be as long as you want. There would be nothing artistic about that. But I think there's an elegance uh, to it. It's like any art. You want to be original. You want to be. You want to uh, either make sense or be funny or ideally both. And you want to be uh, a, a turn of phrase that's kind of memorable. Like, I think most people know the palindrome, a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Yeah. That's got a rhythm. It's, it's memorable. It's punchy. It's short. It's tight. It makes sense. That's a beautiful palindrome. What are some of your other favorite palindromes? Oh, well, the, the one I, uh, uh, my all-time favorite, I just wrote an article on this because it has a connection to the movie The Imitation Game. Did you see that? I have not seen it. Okay. Well, it's about these code breakers in World War II, and it turns out the method by which they broke German Nazi codes was very similar to the method by which you create palindromes. 
So one of the guys was a mathematician named Peter Hilton. And in the middle of the war, he pulled an all-nighter to write the following palindrome. They had a palindrome competition between the code breakers. So uh, one of the first guys came in and wrote sex at noon taxes, which is a classic, of course. That's... Uh, and then they kept trying to one-up each other and top that. And, and the winner was uh, Peter Hilton wrote, Doc, note, I dissent. A fast never prevents a fatness. I diet on cod. Wow, that's a long one. It, the longer they, I'm, I'm so silly. Like the longer they are, the more immediately impressed I am. Well, if they're tight, I mean, I think some people get carried away. I, I'm not a size queen, you know. I think if, if they tend to ramble like a fever dream, if you're not really careful to make your long ones good. Uh, and and I've seen some really terrible ones. Two guys wrote novels, entire novels, like 120 pages that in theory is one palindrome. But you know what? Nobody's ever read through to check. Nobody's ever read it because they're gibberish. They're painful to read. Vince, That's I'm... another thing. You're talking about artistic quality. It's got to be fun to read, like anything. Right, right. It's got to be like, you know, even if it doesn't go right. back. The fact that it goes uh, the same forwards and backwards should almost be like a, a, a bonus to what is a lovely yeah, sentence. Yeah, exactly. An afterthought. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, has anyone ever come up to you and said, Oh my God! You have to read this novel. It's so long. Right, right. <laughs> you would go, no, I don't want to read that. That sounds terrible. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> Vince, how do you make palindroming, which it seems like happens mostly in your brain, I imagine? How do you make that? Uh, how do you film that? Well, I mean, we filmed Mark with like a whiteboard, which was a way that it worked for us in the short film. But in this feature, you know, we're going to rely a lot on animation and, you know, so I think it's just going to be a fun film with lots of, you know, fun animations um, and just, you know, watching these guys uh, tackle it. Mark, do you have to have the words in front of you? Do you need a whiteboard or a piece of paper or can you do this in your brain? I, I usually use a piece of paper. Sometimes I, I can do them in my mind. Uh, the... Um, but uh, that one I just mentioned by Peter Hilton, that's the amazing thing about him. He composed that entire thing with his eyes shut, lying on his back in his bed. It's cool. Can we... Between three and five hours, yeah. You tell me, maybe this is impossible. Could we, like, write a palindrome right now? Could we come up with one and kind of walk through the process? We can try it. So we can try it. Give me a prompt. <laughs> Give me okay. a prompt that uh, is, is a word or a phrase that has a lot of alternating consonants and letters. Like, I can't work with a TCH. That's just impossible. We could do, um, so we could try my last name, but it's sure. a little, yeah. Let's try your last name. What Clemente? is your Clemente? Clemente, yeah. Vince's last name, Clemente. Oh, that's a tough one. Let me see. Clemente. That's probably going to be impossible, okay? But I'll run through the process. So you look at the end, you got TE at the end. So then going backwards, you're going to have a word that ends in E-T. Well, that's easy enough. Set, bet, pet, let, bet. I mean, there's a million of them. It's almost a problem that you have too many. But then you're going to run into trouble because I'm doing this in my mind. Clemente, what's nemel backwards? It sounds like a Hebrew word. Uh, N-E-M-E-L, right? I don't have a pen and paper here. I'm uh, yeah, illegally that's driving and talking. But, uh, you're doing this while you're yeah, driving? Clemente. <laughs> What's that? You just agree, you're doing this while you're driving? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's insane. Clemente, get Nemo, and then anything that starts with a C. 
Get Nemo. Yeah. Cow. I, yeah, this I, the T and E is tough. So when you have a tough consonant pair like that, you just want a word that ends with the first consonant and then the, the next word starts with the next one. So get, but just N E M. There just aren't any words that do that. No. Right. All right. Well, let's. So then you kind of frowned out. So get Nemo. It, it might just not be possible. All right, well, let's pick another word. Let's 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 pick a a, sure. a more fair example. What uh, what about Batman? What about the word Batman? Batman? Yeah. Okay. Well, with Batman, uh, you should, uh, 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 okay. So I, again, you want to uh, split the letters up. So first, I would look Batman. I would look at Nam. Nam doesn't do anything else. You want it to be about Vietnam. Right, so you could do apostrophe Nam. That's a little bit of a cheat. And we know so, Batman uh, wasn't in Vietnam because we have right, the history, Batman, so that's just Nab, not going to work. Tab, but that's just boring and no good. So uh, uh, then I would look at making N the end of a word. And in fact, Batman ends in N. So I could do Batman, comma, M, Tab. So then uh, my name could be Tab. So it could just be as simple as somebody's introducing himself to Batman. Batman M Tab. It's a little lame. I might try to stretch something out with the N. Wait, Batman and M Cab doesn't work. No Tab. Bat is Tab backwards. Gotcha. You could try to do something like M Tabular, or there's not too many words that start with Tab that would be very interesting either. Right. Uh, so then I go the other way. Say Batman. Uh, a man, M tab. It's uh, it's not looking that promising. Maybe we need like a more a, a more general prompt, just like I uh, I don't know. Sure, a, a subject rather than a specific word. Right. Well, well like a like a vegetable. Just give me better words. I, I just don't know what a good a good quality word is. I guess. Uh, <laughs> well, generally alternating consonants and, and vowels evenly, like you know, like banana or Obama or Tallulah or something like that, gotcha. tends okay. to work. Spanish is a little easier than English. It's your clots <laughs> of consonants like TCH that kill you. Wait, do you know Spanish and do you write palindromes in Spanish? I went to kindergarten in Spanish in in, in Mexico. Uh, and I spoke fluent Spanish as far as a five-year-old kid does at one point, but I got heckled out of it when we came back to America. Uh, but I am, in fact, working on a book of Spanish palindromes with John Agee, the esteemed cartoonist and uh, uh, author of Go Hang a Salami, I'm a Lasagna Hawk, is there... is one of the best palindromes out there. Is there an international palindrome scene in other languages? Or I mean, it sounds like you're writing a Spanish book, but is this an international phenomenon? Yeah, there's a magazine in Barcelona called Sema Games, which is, uh, I think it's mostly written in Catalan, uh, and some Spanish, and then some other, they tend to be a little more polyglot than we do. I would like to get into more foreign languages, but we just don't get that many contributions. We have that great American myopia where people actually celebrate English only, which to me is like chanting, I'm stupid, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think in other countries, people consider that the mark of a peasant if you don't know any other country, country's languages. I mean, especially if you can't write a palindrome in them. 
Well, it's very difficult to translate palindrome. There's a natural uh, palindrome translation, which is the word ojo in Spanish is I in English, and they're both palindromes, D-Y-E. All right, let's... I want to come up with a palindrome. I feel like it's within our realm. What about Sky Mall? Sky Mall. That's yeah. interesting. Sky Mall. All Amy. But then you got KS. So are you working after the word Sky Mall now? Like when you, you're saying all, all that goes after the word Sky Mall. Yeah, I, I've done a lot of work with A's, with a double L. So the easiest thing is just to add an A. So now that A is sort of our center point where the palindrome boomerangs back around, right? Yeah, exactly. The pivot or the hinge. Okay. You like. So SkyMall, all, and then MYKS yeah, well, are the next four letters. There's a lot of things you can do with LL. There's a lot of, you know, SkyMall, uh, it's still whatever. So and, and, and I, I, I was excited when I saw Amy was the next three letters after that. But then you just slam into that KS. And uh, I don't know any words that start with KS. Hmm, I don't tough. think you can do Amic or YK or, you know, I run through the possibilities in my head and it all looks what fairly about hopeless. I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm sorry. We're, you know, I'm sorry I'm not coming up with great words. Let's try this one more time. What about uh, Roger? That seems like got some alternating consonants. About- Roger the name? Yeah, R-O-G-E-R. Well, right. You've got the middle of a, a conversation about a couple guys. It's Roger, Greg, or okay, so you know, when I see the ER, I think, oh, if I add a G to that at the beginning, that's Greg. So Roger, Greg, or then you need a couple more names. So, uh, uh, you know, Tom comes to mind, but that's Mott. doesn't really do it any good. Uh, uh, you know, Bach. This silly one would be Roger. I'm sorry, it would be Bob, Roger, Greg, or Bob. Say that again. Bob, Roger, Greg, or Bob. Bob, Roger, Greg, or Bob. You are telling me that's a palindrome? Yeah. I think he's right. Now, I don't know why you're repeating Bob twice in the... It would be better if he came up with a name that you know was a different name backwards, or if it was a verb backwards, so the first part of it, you know could be stop Roger Greg or pot. Do you incorporate any palindromes into your oh, books? Here you go. I, I, I come up with a great one. Okay. So did you ever watch Happy Days? Yeah. Duh. Happy Day? Okay. So I stopped watching Happy Days in the third season because Say that again. I stopped Roger Greg or Potsy. I well, I thought Potsy you spelled P O T S Y. Are you telling me Potsy is P O T S I? Obviously. I mean, we might, have, <laughs> we might have to double check the correct spelling of Potsy, but let's for the moment say it's with an I. If it was a Y, you'd be a dork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I stopped Greg. Rot- That's amazing. So, do you incorporate palindromes into your writing without even calling attention to them just because this is like a muscle you've no, developed? No, not really. I mean, only when I'm writing palindromes. I do take palindromes pretty seriously. I mean, I wrote my epic Ode to Avita, which. Uh, I believe you have film of that for the film, right, Vince? You did, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, that hasn't been published anywhere. Its first publication may be in the movie. But that's like 181 words, and I worked about a month on that one. That's great. Uh, But it's got some elegant turns of phrase. It actually rhymes a couplet in the middle. 
Uh, it, I, I think it's pretty focused. The long ones tend to get very rambly, which is why I tend to stay away from them. But that one I found a language trick, which I stole from Howard Bergeson's classic, Nita Lulu Meets the Father Alive, uh, where you get a suffix that is somebody's name backwards, and then you can get all the words that end in that suffix and string them together and move them around with more flexibility than you normally would in palindrome. Vince, at what point in your palindrome journey did you realize, like, I could make a feature-length documentary about this? I mean, I just want to know more about it, more about what Mark's doing, about the history of it, you know, why why all these palindromists are, you know, so into it that they're, you know, competing at a, you know, a high level, writing books about it, you know. Well, he's just on the phone now. Let's just ask him, Mark, why are yeah. all these uh, palindromists yeah. competing at such a high level? Not to spoil um, well, the end of your movie. You know, <laughs> there is kind of a scene. Uh, there's a lot of really compelling personalities in the scene. Uh, mm-hmm. People who are, who are very interesting characters. And we email each other all the time, trying to one-up each other and joking about our different palindromes and talking trash and that kind of thing. Like, uh, you know, John Agee is an incredibly affable guy from San Francisco, uh, a beautiful wife, and... Uh, but he's also an incredibly skilled cartoonist. He was nominated for a National Book Award for some, like, children's musical he wrote the book for. Uh, he's, he's done a, he illustrated a book for Maurice Sendak, but Sendak was too old to do his own book. Wow, he's an so incredibly I mean, talented yeah. cartoonist. Uh, you know, John Conant is a professor of biostatistics at uh, Minnesota and has an incredibly dry and occasionally acid wit. He took second place by only four votes in the National Palindrome you know, the World Palindrome Championship. Uh, and then you got that Nick Monford, who's kind of like a, a younger, kind of hip professor at MIT, uh, you know. So there's a lot of really kind of interesting characters. Mark Clear from Australia was on the football team, the American rule football team that won the Australian Championship there. He played tight end. He's also a computer programmer. Uh, Lori White is a bassoonist with the... Uh, it was the uh, Salt Lake City Orchestra. So there's both men and women competing in this. Well, in the first competition, it was all men, but Lori is definitely one of the front runners for the second competition. She's won a number of Simmies Awards since the first uh, competition. And uh, uh, Mary Lang of Portland has contributed to Palindrome. Uh, actually, my ex-wife even wrote a Palindrome that was completely offensive, probably the most where do you guys hang out online? Is it at the Palindromist website? Like, where? What is the forum for discussing well, we these do things? That. There are forums at the Palindromist website. Uh, we also just email each other. We do kind of round robin emails, and, you know, chime in and tackle each other and that kind of thing. So this is currently on Kickstarter. When does the Kickstarter end, Vince? Uh, it ends on Wednesday at 11, 11 a.m. So this is uh, Pacific this is, time. This is coming up. This is this is happening. Yeah. How can right. people watch the short movie? Donate to the Kickstarter. Well, you can go on Kickstarter and just type in a man applying a palindrome, and you can uh, see the the short right there for for your viewing pleasure. And uh, if you like what you see, you can help support the feature length film, which will cover more palindromists, you know, and will cover this championship. What, what's your pitch for the feature-length film? You know, obviously, it's a really interesting subject. But if you could sum it up, like, why should someone... Why should, why should we fund the development of this uh, film? Well, I mean, it's, it's a totally niche world that needs to be explored, needs to be shared. Uh, you know, I'm going to go in there and do all the, 
you know, exploring and then put it together into an hour and a half movie for everyone to enjoy and kind of, you know, be the fly on the wall or whatever for uh, the palindrome scene. And that's what I love so much. That that mm-hmm. could describe your last movie too, which I love. <laughs> so um, it, it's exciting to think about this one. What about you, Mark? Like, are you excited to potentially be in a in a documentary to be a subject? Absolutely. In a documentary? Well, well, first of all, I want everybody to capture my glorious second victory, where I crush everybody <laughs> again for the second time by a larger margin this time, and establish myself as the Muhammad Ali of Palindrome. Maybe you'll never lose. Maybe, or maybe I'll, I'll end up doing it too long and be like the late Ali who's got brain damage from taking too many blows to the head, but his <laughs> retinue of hangers-on keeps saying, do one more, man, we need the money. I don't know. Um, but I've also got all that research that I would really love to get out there. I've been trying to float a book proposal for years. People are kind of like, yeah, it seems kind of specific. You know, I don't know if there's a broad enough audience for it. But, you know, like the, the guy who invented Palindrome, so to the obscene, is arguably the world's first queer activist and a street uh, poet, kind of almost like the first underground hip-hop guy, because he wrote poetry in the argot of the Canadoi, who were these sort of licentious uh, cross-dressing street performers, which is a really huge scandal in ancient Grecian culture. Uh, and uh, so he was he was actually executed by the emperor, um, but uh, he was kind of an underground sensation uh, writing in this kind of like hip street lingo. So it's really very much like like uh, underground hip hop. Will the movie be the same forwards and backwards like that weird episode of Wonder Chosen? <laughs> oh, uh... we might have to let go of that, I think. <laughs> yeah. It must be tempting, though, to do some sort of narrative trickery like that. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll cut all the, uh, you know, all the cuts will be, you know, this will be seven seconds, this will be ten seconds, and we'll just do that backwards and forwards, you know? Yeah, just to make that the director's cut, and the director's yeah. cut is just the exact same movie with it reversed at the end. That was the joke when I showed the uh, short uh, at the uh, American Crossword Puzzle Tournament. Uh, they, they said that uh, we were only going to get to see half the film. Because <laughs> we'd have to play yeah, it backwards. Play it backwards. <laughs> play it backwards. Uh, and what is the website for the Palindromist? Sorry. What is the website oh, for the, the website? P- it is it's a palindromist.org. Is you don't palindrome the word palindromist? You also have palindromist and then the word palindromist backwards. But you know the, the competition we do. Uh, I, I mentioned briefly every year the the Academy Awards of Palindromy are the semis awards for outstanding palindrome achievement uh, and that is s-y-m-m-y-s and then the last s is capitalized of course um, and you know what a, a, a single uh award of the semis is called you're gonna you're gonna have to tell me <laughs> it's an emmy of course y-m-m-y is the singular that sounds fun i want i want to look at previous academy award semi winning uh, palindromes. I'm going to go check them out right now and uh, people should go check out the Kickstarter and thanks so much for talking tonight, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, it's fun. Thanks for having us on. That 
is it for this week's Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I will return in two weeks, and I'll be bringing Owen Parsons, who I used to work with at College Humor, now he's writing for The Daily Show, and Jared Logan, who's a hysterical comedian. Uh, look him up before next week. Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show super fans may remember him from the live episode where we played the metagame, and he was so, so funny. Uh, we're going to be playing another game that's like the metagame called Super Fight, uh, where we argue about who would win in a fight. And I got to tell you, uh, I think this may be the nerdiest Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show ever, which is really, I mean, I recognize that you just listened to an entire podcast about palindrome. So when I'm saying nerdiest Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show ever, know that I am not fucking around. First to know about it, you can follow me on Twitter, where I'm at Jeff Rubin show, on my Facebook fan page, on my blog, on my various social media accounts. You get it. You get it. Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show.com. You get every episode of this show for free uh, and you get my email address so you can reach out to me and let me know who you'd like to hear on the show in the future. I'll talk to you there.